So Claudine Gay is out. The president of Harvard, now the former president, is the shortest tenured president of Harvard in the university's history. And it goes back several hundred years. Let us all remember just why. Lest we forget, here's the president of Harvard University, now the former president, unable to say that calls for genocide against Jews on campus violate the college's policies on free speech. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Gay made those statements after issuing a weak statement complaining about death and destruction unleashed on October 7th in Israel without any reference to Hamas. Harvard students testified about their feelings of unease on campus. Unease underscored by actual attempted violence against some pro-Israel students, allegedly including by members of the Harvard Law Review. After that insane exchange with Stefanik, after all, Harvard isn't exactly a hotbed of free speech, being one of the most restrictive campuses in America on a wide variety of hot-button topics, Clouding Gay came under even more fire. The Washington Free Beacon did Pulitzer-level work in uncovering her academic charlatanism. By mid-December, the Free Beacon had uncovered dozens of allegations of her plagiarism. Then, on Monday night, the Free Beacon revealed even more examples of plagiarism, what Harvard euphemistically termed, quote, duplicative language without proper attribution. Again, duplicative language without proper attribution is called plagiarism. There's a word for it. But still, Harvard tried to keep her on. They had to. She, of course, was the poster child for their core philosophy, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, which suggests that all inequality of group outcome is due to some sort of discrimination in the system that can only be corrected for by forms of actual discrimination in practice. To allow that Claudine Gay should never have gotten the position she was in, that her academic record was scanty, that she had involved herself in no original groundbreaking work, heavy emphasis on the word original there, would have been to admit that she actually got the job because she was a black female. And so the leftist powers that be had to maintain that she actually deserved the job. The head of the NAACP said that those who wanted Gay to go were engaging in, quote, nothing more than theatrics, advancing a white supremacist agenda. Dozens of black Harvard faculty members wrote an open letter proclaiming, quote, any suggestion that her selection as president was the result of a process that elevated an unqualified person based on considerations of race and gender are specious and politically motivated. But of course, that is why she had the job, her race and her gender. She was not qualified. She had the right intersectional qualities to maintain her job. She wasn't a black male with heterodox leanings like Roland Fryer, the economist who had debunked notions of disproportionate anti-black police shootings and then got ousted from Harvard over a bunch of specious allegations of sexual harassment. She wasn't a Jewish male like Larry Summers, former president, who was ousted after pointing out that the lack of women in STEM fields might have something to do with both skills distribution and desire to enter the STEM world by women. 
Claudine Gay was a far-left black woman, and her immunity was absolute. Until it wasn't. And it probably came not absolute because people started pulling their money. Now the question is whether Americans will be satisfied to leave DEI in place with gay gone, which, of course, would be wrong. In order to leave DEI in place, the left requires a narrative, a narrative that gay was actually a martyr because either she was a grifter who abused DEI or she was a martyr or DEI is itself a grift. The left can't call her a grifter because that might open the door on all the other grifters who are members of the DEI contingent. Predictably, those race grifters are therefore calling her a martyr today. So Mark Lamont Hill, who makes an entire living suggesting that virtually all inequality in American life is the result of inequity. He immediately tweeted, the next president of Harvard University must be a black woman. Why? Why? Clouding Gay did such a spectacular job that we need someone who looks just like her? Like, wh- wh- why? Did, why? Or, for example, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who's made an entire living off of being an absolutely unqualified hack historian, terrible at her job, hasn't written anything for the New York Times in a couple of years, I believe, keeps getting offered professorial positions despite her complete botchery of American history. She tweeted out, well, they got what they wanted from their well-executed plan. They, 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 of course, presumably being the white superstructure of power in America. Or, for example, Cornell West, who was such a lackluster academic when he was at Harvard University that he was ousted for never having written anything. He literally had released a rap album and no papers, and so they got rid of him. I was there when this happened. And then he ended up at Princeton because this is the way that it works if you have the right intersectional qualifications in American academic life. You fail upwards. Cornell West tweeted out, how sad but predictable that the same figures and forces enabling the ethnic cleansing and genocidal attacks on Palestinians in Gaza, Ackman, Bloom, Summers, and others push out the first black woman president of Harvard. Ah, you see, it's all the Jewish conspiracy to get rid of Claudine Gay. This racism against both Palestinians and black people is undeniable and despicable. So Claudine Gay goes, and that's racism against Palestinians. I've experienced similar attacks from the same forces in academia with too many of my colleagues remaining silent. When big money dictates university policy and raw power dictates foreign policy, the moral bankruptcy of American education and democracy looms large. But we shall remain strong in our fight for truth, justice, love, says Cornell West, who's been spending his days standing up for Hamas, who love neither truth nor justice nor love. Or Rajahad Ali, a deeply terrible columnist who tweeted out, Chris Rufo and bad faith right wing actors win again. Oh, you mean because Chris Rufo reported that she was a plagiarist? I'm sorry that journalisming happened to you. That's a sad one. The journalisming happened to you. Meanwhile, Ibram X. Kendi tweeted out repeatedly on the matter. He suggested, quote, when a racist mob attacks a black person, it finds a seemingly legitimate reason for the attack that allows for it to accrue popular support and credibility, which allows for the growing mob to deny they are attacking the person in this way because the person is black. Now, I mean, what's weird about this is that Liz McGill, who is the president of Penn, is no longer the president of Penn and she's a white lady. And she was ousted without any allegations of plagiarism because she made the comments that she made in front of Elise Stefanik over at University of Pennsylvania. Also, this is not the first president of a major university to be ousted over research misconduct. Mark Tessier Levine of Stanford had to resign over research misconduct. That was just back in July. Went all that long ago. But Ibram X. Kendi says that effectively speaking, anytime a black person is called to account for their own sins, which is what happened with Clouding Gay, that is an aspect of racism. And all the rest of it is basically just for show. 
Abram X. Kennedy, who is indeed the DEI grifter par excellence, a person who cannot define the term racism without reference to the word racism. He literally defines the term racism as racism is a series of racist policies in pursuit of a racist ideology, which is the most circular definition you could possibly imagine. Abram X. Kennedy has cleared tens of millions of dollars for being a terrible scholar who lies about America and American history. Abram X. Kennedy responded to a tweet from someone saying, quote, we are returning to a colorblind performance-based society where we judge people by their character, effort, and achievements. And Abram X. Kennedy says, this is the propaganda of history to use W.E.B., Dubois' term, that they want people to believe that we should return to the colorblind performance-based society of mass incarceration, of Jim Crow, of concentration camps, of lynchings, of slavery, of settler colonialism. Yes, because those, those were the choices. The choices were keep clouding gay or you're in favor of mass incarceration, Jim Crow, concentration camps, lynchings, slavery, and settler colonialism. According to Ibram X. Kendi, again, the reason they are all standing up for clouding gay is because once the grift is exposed, it can no longer be used. And they require, they require the grift to be used. They, of course, are the beneficiaries of the grift. This is why all the grifters are out of the woodwork on this one. It's why Al Sharpton is out there making his usual grifty statements. Al Sharpton, who has spent his entire adult life lying about America, and by the way, overtly lying about situations, including Tawana Browley, in helping to incite riots in New York. I mean, that guy who has a show on MSNBC specifically because he is a quote-unquote black leader, the what flock he leads is up to anybody to, to discover. He says, quote, President Gay's resignation is about more than a person or a single incident. This is an attack on every black woman in this country who's put a, a crack in the glass ceiling. So question for the black women in the country. Are all of you plagiarists? Why exactly would her being ousted for being a bad president who shields anti-Semitism on her campus and also a plagiarist, why would that have any impact on you? This is super confusing to me. I got I to gotta tell you. I mean, when, when, when Mark Tessier Levine was ousted from Stanford University, that's a white dude. He's a Canadian-American. I didn't think, wow, a ceiling has now been set up for Canadian-American white dudes. It's such a weird take. But the unspoken assumption here, obviously, is that the reason that she was put in place is because she was a black woman. Therefore, the reason that she was removed from her position is because she was a black woman. The reality is she was removed from her position despite the fact that she was a black woman. Harvard was fighting as hard as it could to maintain her. This presumably is why Eric Deggins at NPR also tweeted, quote, the intimidation is the point. Will the next president at Harvard stand for diversity? Will that person be female? Will that person be black? If not, they have forced several steps back and everyone across the school gets the message. What, what steps back have been forced? That you can't be a plagiarist who defends anti-Semitism? The entire idea here is that objective standards do not exist. Objective standards are in and of themselves racist. That is the case that is being made by the DEI grifters. And by the way, the DEI grifters exist across methods of American media. Like they are everywhere. This is true, certainly, in the legacy media. I'm going to bring you the AP's headline on this in just a second because it truly is an astonishing example of just how terrible our supposed journalistic outlets are. First, the holidays have come and gone. Once again, you were quite generous. Don't worry, though. Pure Talk has your back. Instead of paying your current cell phone provider 60, 70, 80 bucks a line, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting just 20 bucks a month. You'll get the same phenomenal coverage you're used to on America's most dependable 5G network for just $20 a month. This is how the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. It's time to switch to a wireless company that shares your values, a company that isn't afraid to invest in shows like mine, a company that is veteran-owned and serves veterans. 
So what exactly are you waiting for? Switch to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes and start saving today. Their U.S. customer service team is waiting to serve you. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro right now. You'll save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. They have an excellent tower network. I've been using Pure Talk myself for a couple of years now. They're great. And they don't cost me a lot of money. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Get connected right now. Again, puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Start off the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of and who actually doesn't hate you. A lot of these big cell phone companies, they don't share your politics. They really don't like you very much. Pure Talk, the opposite. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com slash Shapiro and get that new phone plan started right now. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is, there's one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Not only do blinds enhance the aesthetic appeal of your home, they also offer practical benefits. By effectively blocking out harmful UV rays, they help protect your furniture and flooring from fading, ensuring your interiors retain their beauty for years to come. Their insulating properties help regulate the temperature inside your home, keeping it comfortable year-round while potentially reducing your energy bills. With over 40,000 five-star reviews, Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. You can measure and install them yourself or have Blinds.com send local professionals to take care of the installation for you. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many order installation is just one low cost. And if you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale right now through March 13th for up to 50% off. Again, save up to 50% off for limited time at Blinds.com. And when you check out, don't forget to tell them you heard about them at The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, so how much has DEI wormed its way into every nook and cranny of American society? So much so that here was the headline from the Associated Press. Quote, Harvard's president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. Plagiarism. Yeah, that's, that's, the, new, that's the new weapon is plagiarism. Now, you might say to yourself, wait, isn't plagiarism just an objective standard? Like if I lift entire paragraphs, as Claudine Gay apparently did, from somebody's work and unattributed, put it in my own work, wouldn't that get me kicked out of like any school in America? The answer is yes. But the rule here when it comes to DEI and equity is that objective standards are themselves racist if the outcome of the objective standard is racially unequal. Any objective standard, if the outcome is racially unequal, the standard itself is racist and bad and quote-unquote weaponized by conservatives. This is the case that's been made against the SATs, against the ACTs, against any merit-based hiring program. That's why affirmative action exists. My favorite part, by the way, about this Associated Press article is um, the, the, the amazing attempt to define the word scalped. This is really funny. So Chris Rufo, who is a friend of the show, obviously, conservative activist, and he helped orchestrate this effort and helped uncover the plagiarism. He celebrated her departure as a win. On X, he wrote scalped, 
quote, as if gay was a trophy of violence, invoking a gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate Native Americans. <laughs> Scalped is a term that has been in frequent use on the internet for literally the entirety of the internet. Nobody is invoking the idea that Chris Rufo is standing over clouding gay with a hatchet. Also, by the way, scalping, not unique to white Americans against Native Americans. Also, the opposite was true. Like that, these definitely, like what in the world? But the idea is the very use of the word scalped, the internet use of that term is somehow a racist attack on clouding gay. So clouding gay has now responded to this in her resignation letter. The entire letter is about what a victim she is. Oh, what a victim she is. Quote, dear members of the Harvard community, it is with a heavy heart, but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. This is not a decision I came to easily. Indeed, it has been difficult beyond words because I've looked forward to working with so many of you to advance the commitment to academic excellence that has propelled this great university across centuries. But after consultation with members of the corporation, it has become clear it is in the best interest of Harvard for me to resign so our community can navigate this moment of extraordinary challenge with a focus on the institution rather than any individual. My deep sense of connection to Harvard and its people has made it all the more painful to witness the tensions and divisions that have riven our community in recent months, weakening the bonds of trust and reciprocity that should be our sources of strength and support in times of crisis. Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am. Uh, nope. I, I'd like to, seriously, where the bedrock values are confronting hate and upholding scholarly rigor? I'm pretty sure the opposite. And she says, quote, it's been frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. Yes, that's right. She is the victim. Everyone has been mean to clouding gay. It's been so terrible. By the way, she's not actually leaving the university. She's still going to be making, apparently, $900,000 a year at Harvard University as a professor. She concludes, when I became president, I considered myself particularly blessed by the opportunity to serve people from around the world who saw in my presidency a vision of Harvard that affirmed their sense of belonging. Unless you're a Jew. To all of you, please know those doors remain open. Harvard will be stronger and better because they do. Ugh, what, a, what an honorable victim. So sad, so terrible. Meanwhile, Harvard Corporation also issued a statement quasi-defending Clouding Gay. Quote, with great sadness, we write in light of President Clouding Gay's message announcing her intention to step down from the presidency and resume her faculty position at Harvard. First and foremost, we thank President Gay for her deep and unwavering commitment to Harvard and the pursuit of academic excellence through plagiarism. Throughout her long and distinguished leadership as Dean of Social Science and then as Dean of Faculty of Arts and Sciences, where she skillfully led the FAS through the COVID-19 pandemic and pursued ambitious new academic initiatives in areas such as quantum science and inequality, she demonstrated the insight, decisiveness, and empathy that all that are her hallmark. Wow. We do so with sorrow, they said. We accept her resignation. We do so with sorrow. While President Gay has acknowledged missteps and has taken responsibility for them, it is also true she has shown remarkable resilience in the face of deeply personal and sustained attacks. While some of this has played out in the public domain, much of it has taken the form of repugnant and in some cases racist vitriol directed at her through disgraceful emails and phone calls. We condemn such attacks in the strongest possible terms. This is always the last repository of victimhood. Is I got really bad emails and really bad phone calls. Okay, yeah, as somebody who has 24-7 security, literally my entire life, because there are people who don't like me very much, like, grow up, grow up. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that people were mean to you on the emails. Like, that's sad that people were, those people are bad and they shouldn't send you racist emails. Also, you're a terrible president who refuses to defend your students so long as they violate intersectional tenets and you're a plagiarist. They say the search for a new president of the university will begin in due course. Apparently, 
the interim president will be a person named Garber, who is the, the provost of the school. Um, that person also shares the DEI mission. So I'm sure it will be similarly terrible. Honestly, I was kind of happy that Clouding Gay was re- remaining there, specifically because it is a mask for the retention of DEI to get rid of a few heads of DEI. You get rid of Liz McGill at Penn. That doesn't solve the DEI problem. You get rid of Clouding Gay, doesn't solve the DEI problem. In order to solve the DEI problem, you actually have to take on the ideology of DEI. But that ideology is incredibly deeply embedded across our society from everything important to frivolous, from administration, White House policy, all the way down to entertainment. This DEI notion that the best way for America to run is on the basis of group identity to establish intersectional outcomes that are equivalent regardless of individual personal action. It has wormed our way throughout the society and that needs to be extirpated everywhere. It needs to be cut out like a cancer because it is a cancer. DEI ideology is a cancer that destroys institutions, destroys trust and destroys the country. It's destroyed Harvard, my alma mater. In a second, we'll see how it's having an impact on the Biden administration. Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull and Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro House. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but... I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Get to more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but... 
ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Okay, so the problem with equity is not just that it is the driving factor, the DEI factor. It's not just at universities or in the media. It is also, of course, in the Biden White House. And this was the promise that Joe Biden made on coming to the White House, which was a different promise than what he made during the campaign. During the campaign, he said that he was going to be a moderate who governed for all Americans. And upon entering immediately, he started talking about how equity would be at the center of everything they do. Which again, equity and equality, not remotely the same thing. Equality is the idea that everyone ought to be treated equally. That is not the same thing as everyone ought to have an equal outcome, which is what equity is all about. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre, who herself is a DEI product. She's terrible at her job, but she was appointed for her diversity quotient. Here she is, the press secretary, suggesting that equity is, again, at the center of everything Joe Biden does. The president has always, always put uh, equity at the center of every policy he's put forward, every legislation that he's put forward, because we understand that many communities uh, have been left behind, have been left behind. We're not trying to do the trickle down economics. I mean, again, she's not wrong. Every Biden policy is geared toward this idea of equal outcome. And they will run roughshod over institutions, roughshod over the law in order to get there. This is why Karine Jean-Pierre in the same interview, she's talking about how Joe Biden unilaterally took action on student loans illegally. Because again, the idea was that equity had to be established. Because there is no, an issue I'm, with no, young voters. And I want to yeah, make sure, because they have heard from you that essentially this is something the yeah. president has tried to do. And do you think that over time they start to feel yeah. like trying isn't enough? No, but what I was going to say, what I was going to finish in saying is that the president, even though his plan was stopped, he was able to take action. And we were able to uh, we were able to uh, get rid of about one hundred and thirty billion dollars of debt. Uh, more than that, for millions, millions of folks across the country, that matters. That matters. So he still took action. He still took action, even though his hands were uh, tied. Again, this is all what equity is. Equity suggests, of course, that. You don't actually have to work through democratic means of politics because those are all obstructionist. All those institutions obstruct equity. If you have to run right over them in pursuit of equality of outcome, you do it. And this has particular ramifications for the American border. So one of the big political conundrums that we are experiencing right now in the country is that the border is wide open, wide open. And it is totally not understandable on a political level why precisely the border should be wide open. It's a huge mistake by Joe Biden. Again, if you look at his polling numbers, Joe Biden's polling numbers on immigration are absolutely awful. People, by leaps and bounds, trust Trump more than Biden with regard to immigration. His approval rating on immigration overall is down to 38% in the last Harvard-Caps-Harris poll. Those are terrible numbers. 46%, by the way, said that they approved of it in November. And it's going to go down even further if he doesn't stop what's going on on the border. And yet the Biden administration which has an out right now. This is the part that's amazing. They have a political out. The Biden administration could today sign a bill, make a deal with Republicans in Congress and sign a bill that would get them the Ukraine aid that they want and that Ukraine does in fact need. Get the aid to Israel that Israel requires in order to pursue its war with Hamas and possibly a war with Hezbollah in its north. Give arms protection to Taiwan and also solidify the border. And Joe Biden would be able 
on a political level to go back to his left and say, listen, you guys wanted the Ukraine aid. I couldn't get that without solidifying the border. And then you could go to moderates in America and say, guys, you wanted me to do something about the border. I did something about the border, but Joe Biden won't do it. It's unbelievable. Joe Biden continues to maintain an open border position, then gaslight the American people by saying that the border is, in fact, being taken care of. Now, why is that? Why are they doing this? I mean, here's Karine Jean-Pierre doing this yesterday, suggesting that Joe Biden took the border crisis seriously from day one, which, of course, is a lie. Now we are having, we believe, a very productive conversation in Congress with senators on how do we move forward in a bipartisan agreement to deal with the border security. That is important. Now, what we hope is that when Congress gets back, we'll be able to act and get these things moving forward so we can deal with this issue. We've been in touch with some of those mayors that you talked about, governors uh, in, in northern in northern part of the country, on dealing with the issue that they're dealing with on the ground. And we we have provided us resources to them, and we're going to continue to have those conversations. But again, Congress needs to act. The president took this very seriously on day one. The president did not take this seriously on day one. This president has done everything he can to keep that border open. Now, why? Why is that the case? The answer is because there is a deep ideological belief on the left that somehow people are owed entry to the United States. And there's some people who believe that it's just a cynical ploy, that it's about bringing people in who will then vote Democrat. Maybe that's true. Quite possible. That you believe that you're going to bring a bunch of people in who are undereducated, who don't have qualifications for high-level jobs, who will end up being on welfare once they are, in fact, given legal status by a Democratic administration, and then who will gratefully vote Democrat for the rest of time. They'll get the California model, and they believe that they can broadly apply that across the country. Maybe that's the reason. It's a cynical reason, but maybe that's the reason. Or maybe there's a cynical economic reason, which is that the Democratic Party having facilitated policy that stagnates the economy requires a cheap supply of labor from south of the border in order to keep that economy humming. Could be that as well. Or maybe there's something even more deeply ideological here, which is the equity argument, which is effectively that America is an unjust, terrible force in the world and that the only way to pay for its sins is to keep that border wide open. Whatever it is, the, the equity orientation of this administration is leading to some pretty horrific policy. According to the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has now asked the Supreme Court to allow the Border Patrol to cut Texas's razor wire. So Texas has put up a bunch of razor wire on the border to try and stop people from simply crossing in areas where there is no border crossing. And Joe Biden wants the Border Patrol to cut the border wire. What is the reason for that? What would the possible rationale for that be? According to the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration asked the Supreme Court on Tuesday to reinstate federal authority over the international boundary between Mexico and Texas after state officials won a lower court order blocking the U.S. Border Patrol from removing concertina wire Texas officers had installed to deter migrants from crossing a 29-mile stretch of the Rio Grande. The move represents yet another volley in the increasing conflict between Texas and the federal government over border enforcement. State troopers and National Guardsmen deployed by the state laid miles of razor wire as part of the state's Operation Lone Star border security effort. The operation has spent or allocated more than $11 billion since 2021. They've sought to challenge the federal government's sole authority over international borders. And now the Biden administration is literally suing Texas to stop them from putting obstructions on the border to stop illegal immigration. That's insane. That's totally wild. Like just on a practical level, why wouldn't Joe Biden look the other way? I mean, that, that is just clear hostility. So we won't enforce the immigration laws. And if you do, we will go to court to stop you from enforcing the immigration laws. Meanwhile, Karine Jean-Pierre is out there claiming that it's shameful that migrants are being bused to sanctuary cities. So as long as they are being imported into small towns in Texas and Arizona, New Mexico, it's totally fine. The minute you send them to Chicago or New York, that's when all hell breaks loose, according to Karine Jean-Pierre, morally speaking. 
the, 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 the busing of migrants, the putting them on flights, it is shameful that that is occurring. And instead of, if the governor really, truly wants to deal with this issue, he should talk to uh, the senators in his state. Unbelievable. Okay, so just, just to make clear, a lot of people say that Joe Biden hasn't really changed the border policy. That's not true. So the Migration Policy Institute has a good rundown on exactly what Joe Biden has changed in terms of policy since taking office. This is just in the first couple of years of his administration. According to them, from January 20th, 2021 to January 19th, 2023, the first couple of years of his administration, the Biden administration took 403 immigration-related actions according to Migration Policy Institute, as opposed to 470, the entire presidency of Donald Trump. Joe Biden himself, changed DHS policy, that's Department of Homeland Security's policy, to target only recent border crossers and migrants who present national security threats within the country. ICE conducted just 72,100 removals in fiscal year 2022, compared with 233,000 average annual removals under Trump, and by the way, 344,000 annual removals under Obama. So Biden is leagues more open on the border than Barack Obama ever was, like by far. According to the Migration Policy Institute, just 28,200 non-citizens in fiscal year 2022 were removed from the interior after initially being arrested by ICE. The remainder were border arrivals initially processed by border protection, by border patrol. In comparison, an average of 81,000 annual interior removals occurred during the Trump administration and 155,000 per year under Barack Obama. ICE also detained an average of nearly 22,600 people daily in fiscal year 2022. That is down from a high of 50,000 in fiscal year 2019, so less than half. They recorded nearly 307,000 total bookends, of which 250,000 came from the border. The Biden administration has dramatically increased the use of ICE alternatives to detention programs, which track non-citizens through smartphone apps or ankle monitors while their immigration case proceeds. So that's where you're hearing about the Biden administration giving people phones. That's supposedly why. But why would these people show up for their second court date? They could just disappear into the interior and wait for the next DACA round. Under Biden, the program has been used for migrants paroled in at the border, according to the Migration Policy Institute. ICE reported about 320,000 people enrolled in alternatives to deportation in fiscal year 2022. That is up from 136,000 in fiscal year 2021 and just 23,000 in fiscal year 2014. That's an insane number. I mean, just to break that down one more time for you, that means that in the year 2022, ICE had 320,000 people enrolled in those alternatives to deportation. That is up a factor of 15 times over that number from 2014. Their non-detained docket ballooned to 4.7 million cases in fiscal year 2022. And of course, the Biden administration also designated new countries for temporary protected status. That includes Afghanistan, Cameroon, Ethiopia, Myanmar, Ukraine, Venezuela, and they redesignated another six countries, Haiti, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, which means that Biden made an additional 712,000 immigrants already in the United States eligible for TPS. So you wonder why people think the border is open? It's because the border is open. It's because Joe Biden basically says, if you get here and you claim refugee status, we give you a court date, we release you to the interior, and we never see you again. And he's perfectly fine with that so long as you don't get shipped over to Chicago or over to New York. Where is that coming from? Again, it's coming from a global equity position. That is the ideology that undergirds all of this, all of this. And again, what's amazing about all of this is they are so attached to this particular equity position that they're even willing to destroy their support for Ukraine aid over it. So Senator Chris Van Hollen, who is uh, the senator Democrat from Maryland, he says that it's been really harmful to tie Ukraine aid to border security. Why has that been harmful? Why not just pass the thing? Why not just pass it like today? 
the talks have been ongoing with respect to border security, uh, something President Biden has pushed for for a long time, as well as immigration reform uh, issues. Uh, but linking these two issues, uh, providing Ukrainians the help they need against Putin um, and the border security issues, uh, I fear um, is going to mean that we don't get the Ukrainians the, the equipment they need when they need it. We need to deal with both the issues. Uh, but tying them together in this way, uh, I think, has been harmful. Uh, we are working to try to resolve it. No, you're not. If you did, you would just give border security. Everyone knows that they need it. By the way, again, Russia is attacking Ukraine right now. Ukraine needs the money. I believe that the United States should help provide the support for Ukraine necessary to repel a second wave Russian invasion. So where exactly is the conflict other than you are so connected to this ideology that you cannot let go of it, no matter what you do? He just refused to let go of that equity ideology over at the Biden White House. And that's a disaster area for the country. Again, it is rooted in an intersectional view of politics that was built under the Obama administration that basically America could be broken down between white oppressors, the white oppressive class that had built all the institutions of the country and the marginalized people who would unite to overthrow that particular institution by electing people like Barack Obama. The Democratic Party has been enthralled to that dumb idea for quite a while not recognizing it can't be replicated by anyone who's not named Barack Obama. Wasn't replicable by Hillary Clinton, really is not replicable by Joe Biden. It's one of the reasons why Joe Biden has a serious problem going into 2024. The Obama coalition is not going to show up for Joe Biden the way they showed up for Barack Obama. In one second, we're going to get to equity in entertainment content because they continue at Disney to just destroy IP in the name of equity. First, let's talk about your favorite childhood memories. You, you think you remember a lot of stuff from your childhood, but the truth is you forget a lot of it. A lot of it is on tape out in your garage right now, but it's on VHS tape. Do you have a VCR? The answer, of course, is no. Do you have film reels? Well, do you have like a projector in your house? You don't. What you need to do is digitize and keep that stuff forever. This is where Legacy Box comes in. Phenomenal service. I've used it for my own parents. I've used it for my family. I've used it for my in-laws. Simply send Legacy Box filled with camcorder tapes, film reels, and pictures. You get back digital copies that can be easily enjoyed, shared, and organized. It's like magic. It's wonderful. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer. They've helped over 1 million families relive their wedding days, chaotic childhood Christmases, and even road trips to Yellowstone. By going to LegacyBox.com Shapiro, you can enjoy 50% off when you get started with Legacy Box today. Kick off the new year by rescuing your family's most cherished memories that haven't been watched or enjoyed in years. Head on over to LegacyBox.com Shapiro and save 50%. Buy today. Send it in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Again, that's LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Best service you can get for your family. LegacyBox.com Shapiro. It's an awesome, awesome gift. Also, start 2024 off right. The fight to reshape our culture has never been more crucial. At The Daily Wire, we continue to lead the charge. The 2024 election will be one of the most pivotal in the history of the country. Election Wire is your source of truth, bringing you everything from the campaign trail to the debates and election day. In 2024, your Daily Wire Plus membership gives you more of me, Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, Andrew Clavin, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson, Prager U. That's just the beginning. We've got the Daily Wire's anticipated series Pendragon Cycle, which is going to be awesome. It's epic. We have animated series starring Adam Carolla and Megan Kelly and Roseanne Barr. We have tons of amazing stuff at dailywire.com. Again, that's dailywire.com slash subscribe. We need your help to retake the culture. Go help us out at dailywire.com slash subscribe today. Meanwhile, the equity regime, it's not just, of course, in the White House. It's not just at our academic institutions. It is also deeply, deeply embedded. It is, in fact, the motivating factor behind so much of the entertainment world. So a couple months ago, South Park did an episode 
in which they talked about the complete destruction of the Star Wars universe at the hands of Kathleen Kennedy, who's just been awful. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, like the original series and even the prequel series, which has grown on me over time, especially in comparison to the garbage that has been churned out by Disney. Now, Disney's done a couple of things that are right. Like the stuff that Dave Filoni is doing over there, that's good stuff. Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels is stuff my kids typically like. You know, they, they made a couple of, of decent Rogue One is good, but Kathleen Kennedy overall has just destroyed the series, destroyed the series. So South Park was making fun of Kathleen Kennedy for effectively having turned Star Wars into a woke universe of nonsense. They had Cartman having a dream in which he replaces Kathleen Kennedy. And uh, here is the take. Is there a problem, people? No problem at all, Mrs. Kennedy. We were just discussing uh, ideas of what to do with the new Prince Eric movie. Put a chick in it. Make her gay. Uh, yes, Miss Kennedy, uh, some of the execs are just expressing that maybe... Well, well, that maybe we should go a different route than we did with Indiana Jones. F*** Indiana Jones, put a chicken in it and make her name it gay! <laughs> well, that, that in fact is Kathleen Kennedy's strategy, apparently. So, Star Wars, again, one of the great IPs in all of human history. I mean, it's a tremendous piece of IP. It's like tens of billions of dollars worth of IP. And they've now decided to turn over the universe to a person named Charmin Obeid Chinoy. So who exactly is this person? Well, she's mostly famous for having made a couple of nonfiction documentaries that won Oscars about feminism and anti-feminism in Pakistan. Which, that's fine, but what, is that, what does that have to do with Star Wars? What, what makes you think that you can transition from making a terrific documentary about, say, honor killings in Pakistan to... Now you're in charge of the Star Wars universe. Like, where is that? How? How does that happen? Well, she then was a director, one of the directors, on Miss Marvel, the 2022 series from Disney Plus that literally no one watched and that no one wanted to watch and that no one cared about because it looked not good. And uh, they've decided to put her in charge of the next Star Wars movie, which will focus in on Rey. You remember Rey, or maybe you don't. She is the star of the last Star Wars trilogy in which they killed off all the characters you love in favor of characters that no one gave any hoots about whatsoever. No one has said the name Poe Dameron in years because no one cares. No one cares about Finn and barely anyone cares about Rey. So they got rid of all your old favorites. They killed off Han uselessly and stupidly. And then they killed off Luke uselessly and stupidly. And then they killed off Leia absolutely uselessly and stupidly. And then they added beloved characters like Rose, An awful character who annoyed everyone so much so that they literally wrote her out of the third movie, The Rise of Skywalker. The failure of Kathleen Kennedy's trilogy has been so dramatic that there's been like a whole new revisionist history set up where Last Jedi is a good movie when everyone knows that Last Jedi is absolute trash from from Ryan Johnson. Everyone knows that. Just an absolute scrap heap of garbage is the the last trilogy under Kathleen Kennedy. So instead of shifting focus, and again, why don't you just hand the next movie to Dave Filoni? Dave Filoni actually likes the series. Dave Filoni actually, you know, likes the characters. Dave Filoni actually understands what he is doing in the Star Wars universe and what the universe is all about. Instead, Kathleen Kennedy has hired this person who also happens to be not just a documentary filmmaker about about the oppression of women in Pakistan. Also, she was the first artist to co-chair the World Economic Forum in 2017. Well, I mean, those seem like great qualifications for a piece of high-octane adventure fantasy sci-fi entertainment. Well, so they asked her about the new movie that's starring Ray apparently 15 years after the end of Rise of Skywalker. 
And uh, here's what she had to say. So the first woman and the first person of color to direct a Star Wars film. It's set to be released in 2026. You can say that the force is strong with this one. Here's Charmino Bechinoy. You know, I'm very thrilled about the project because I think um, what we are about to create is something very special. And we're in 2024 now. And I think uh, it's about time that we had a woman uh, come forward uh, to shape the story in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, you had a woman who shaped all the stories in the galaxy far, far away. Her name is Kathleen Kennedy, and she sucks. She's awful. She's garbage at her job. And in any fair universe, she would have been fired. But she's unfireable because she's a woman. Also, the minute someone talks about historic IP and the first thing they say is, well, we're in 2024 now, you know the next thing out of their mouth is going to be the stupidest crap you ever heard in your entire life. Right? Whether it's Rachel Zegler talking about it's 2024 now, we don't need a woman waiting to be saved by a man. It's a feminist diet. By the way, Daily Wire, yes, we here at Daily Wire will take full credit for Disney having to completely reshoot Snow White because we pointed out that not only that Rachel Zegler was saying this stuff, but then we actually committed to making a rival Snow White film. So an attempt to head us off, a tiny company, by Disney's lights, Disney had to reshoot the entire film. Well, they're going to have to reshoot the entire Star Wars universe, probably, because, again, I don't know how you blow IP this bad, but again, equity is the only thing that matters. Equity, equity, equity. We need a woman directing. How about you just make a good Star Wars film? You haven't done it for like a decade. The last decent Star Wars film was Rogue One. When is it like, what do you guys do for a living? And the answer is they please themselves. They please themselves on the stockholder dime. That's what they do because... They, they, they like stakeholder capitalism. The World Economic Forum preaches it, after all. It's everyone. The world can be changed by entertainment. And this is why you hire directors who have no history of directing anything good in, the, in this sphere and then decide that the way that you're going to do this is, is, by, is by putting them in charge of the single most lucrative IP in probably all of human history. So slow clap for Kathleen Kennedy. She's done it once again. Put a chicken in her maker gay. That's the, that's, that's the way this all works. And meanwhile, in actually important world news, the conflict in the Middle East continues. The, the Israelis killed a Hamas deputy leader named Saleh al-Aruri. He was killed in alleged Israeli strike in Beirut. So anybody who thinks that there is no coordination between Hezbollah and Hamas, obviously you're wrong. Hamas and Hezbollah work hand in glove with one another. If you look at a map of this region, what you will see is that Hamas is located in the Gaza Strip, which is in the southwestern part of Israel. It's like in the southwestern corner. And then Hezbollah is located in Israel's north, about 200,000 missiles pointed at Israel. About 50,000 of them are smart weapons capable of actual targeting technology. Much more sophisticated, much more dangerous than Hamas to Israel. Hezbollah has been basically prodding Israel at the northern border. They've killed a bunch of people at the northern border. Many of the Hezbollah terrorists have been killed at the northern border. Israel has evacuated for literally months at this point, some 30 to 40,000 of its own people away from that northern border in expectation of a possible Hezbollah attack. So Hezbollah was apparently housing some of the Hamas leadership. According to the Times of Israel, Hamas's deputy leader abroad named Salah al-Aruri, wanted for years by Israel and seen as the group's primary orchestrator of West Bank terrorism, was killed Tuesday evening in an Israeli strike in the Beirut suburb of Dachiyah, according to officials with Hamas and the Lebanese terrorist group Hezbollah. Israeli officials declined to comment. Unnamed U.S. officials told the New York Times and Washington Post that Israel was responsible. Now, this is a targeted strike. Zero civilians were killed in this particular targeted strike. Based in Lebanon, Aruri was one of the founders of Hamas's military wing, deputy head of the terror group's political bureau, and considered the de facto leader of Hamas's military wing in the West Bank, which, by the way, not only threatens Israel, but also threatens the vaunted 
and much lied about Palestinian Authority, which is in fact also a terrorist group, just not quite as crazy a terrorist group as Hamas. Hezbollah, for its part, is now vowing revenge for the Hamas chief being killed in Beirut, which again is weird. Hamas is a different and distinct terrorist group from Hezbollah. Now Hezbollah is remarking that it wants revenge on Israel for having killed a Hamas terrorist. The possibility of Hamas going hot with Israel, obviously dramatically higher than it was. And meanwhile, the West is saying to Israel, don't, you got to avoid the escalation, particularly in Lebanon. Okay, well, here is a good way of doing that. What if the West just said to the Lebanese government, which is in fact distinct from, but heavily influenced by Hezbollah, move Hezbollah off the border. End of story. Move them off the border. They're, they're in violation of UN resolution, by the way. For those of you who pretend to care about the United Nations, there is a UN resolution that prevents Hezbollah from militarizing the northern border of Israel. They've militarized the border. So they're in violation of international law, if that's a thing that you care about or pretend to care about. And yet the international community is like, well, Israel really should use restraint with this terrorist group that is threatening to eviscerate not only thousands of Israelis, probably tens of thousands of Israelis on day one. French President Emmanuel Macron has called on Israel to avoid escalation, particularly in Lebanon, following that strike. Macron said, and he was speaking, by the way, not to Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, but to war cabinet member Benny Gantz, who's sort of the prime minister in waiting. He said it's essential to avoid any escalatory attitude, particularly in Lebanon. Oh, an escalatory attitude. Maybe someone should say that to Hezbollah at some point. That might be worthwhile. Meanwhile, morons like Bernie Sanders continue to call for an end to aid packages to Israel, even as Israel is engaged in an existential fight against Hamas terrorists who murdered 1,200 people and took another 240 captive. There are still dozens of hostages being held in Gaza. Hamas could end this war literally on a moment's notice. All they have to do is surrender and probably they'd be allowed to go into exile. Surrender, go into exile, and give up the hostages. War is over literally tomorrow. They won't do that. Instead, they're hijacking humanitarian aid. So Bernie Sanders, supposed, supposed pro-Israel friend on the left, who seriously is not, he says, let me be clear, no more U.S. funding for Netanyahu's illegal, immoral, brutal, and grossly disproportionate war against the Palestinian people. Again, he's using the word disproportionate incorrectly here. Proportion has nothing to do with the number of people killed on your side versus the number of people killed on the other side. The proportion is whether you're killing the minimal number of people necessary to achieve your military objective. And the answer for Israel is yes, because Hamas has embedded 30 to 40,000 terrorists in the middle of civilian populations and continue to fire rockets on Israel even now, months later. Also, I love that he says that it's Netanyahu's war. It's a unity government war cabinet. If Netanyahu were ousted tomorrow, the war cabinet might be more right-wing. Netanyahu is actually an incrementalist. The big critique in Israel right now against Netanyahu is actually from the right. People saying that Netanyahu isn't doing enough. Gallant, Yav Gallant, who's the defense minister in Israel, wanted Netanyahu to swivel up north and hit Hezbollah first, and Netanyahu turned him down. Netanyahu is actually the moderate force in the war cabinet by many of the reports. But Bernie wants, uh, wants no aid to Israel, of course. That, 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 that was perfectly predictable. In the name of global equity, naturally. So, you know, the usual from Bernie Sanders and company. Meanwhile, it is amazing how times change. Over in Israel, it's worth noting that the Supreme Court of Israel, which is, in fact, a tyrannical body, they literally appoint their own successors, the Supreme Court over in Israel, and there are no limits as to what they declare their own discretion to be. They struck down a law that was passed by the Knesset, the Israeli parliament. It was passed by a fairly narrow margin in the last Knesset session before the war. And it basically said that the Supreme Court of Israel could not simply on quote-unquote reasonableness grounds strike down rulings from the executive or from the legislative branch. They couldn't simply just say, we don't like what you did, so we're striking it down. The Supreme Court then overruled that law on the grounds that it violated basic law. So they, they, they're like, well, there's no legal precedent for anything like what the Supreme Court is doing, but it just goes to show you, that's been a sideshow in Israel. No one cares at this point because as always, and this 
is something we should remember here in the United States. As always, the social cohesion of a, of a nation is significantly more important than the actual governmental workings of the nation. A dysfunctional government, but high levels of social cohesion in a community, that can continue to work. A dysfunctional government and a dysfunctional community, that is almost impossible to work. And that's what the United States is facing increasingly right now, which is why it's important to mention that the United States has just crossed $32 trillion in national debt, which is um, an insane amount of money that has now been spent. According to Fox Business, the national debt hit $34 trillion. Of course, um, four decades ago, the national debt was about $907 billion. So we have blown out the spending. That has all been a band-aid, an attempt to manufacture social cohesion through the power of government. It has been a failure on every score. It has not made America better off. It has not increased social cohesion. It has exacerbated divisions rather than papering them over. And by the way, that doesn't include unfunded liabilities. You include the unfunded liabilities of Social, Secu- social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and all the rest. You're talking about probably $100 trillion of national debt here in the United States, all of which is a bill that will eventually come due. Alrighty, coming up, we'll get into more on the 2024 election and Bob Menendez, senator from New Jersey, hit with another corruption charge. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 